This podcast is about the athletes of the 70s and 80s, where we discuss athletics from the city of Toledo, Ohio. Check us out on Facebook, Athletes of the 70s and 80s. Red Division, Central Catholic, DeVilbis, Matt Kimber, Scott, Start, Woodward. Blue Division, Bowser, Libby, Rogers, St. Francis, St. John's, Waite, Cardinal Stritch, Toledo City League. This is the Toledo Athletes of the 70s and 80s podcast. You got to chill. Chill, chill, chill. Toledo DeVilbis High School football star, Charles Hillary. How are you, sir? Man, just to see somebody write on the page, hey, that was my uncle. That was my brother. That's right. Thank you so very much. You know, man, what that means to them, man, I can't replace that. Toledo athletes of the 70s and 80s, welcome to the show. Toledo Rogers, track star and legend, Sherry Perry Isaac. How are you tonight? Wonderful Rams in the house. Former Ohio State defensive end, Toledo High School standout, all state defensive end, Dennis Houston. Good evening, man. Thanks for having me. Toledo Scott Bulldog, Toledo City League Hall of Famer, Felicia Hill. The city was full of girls that was born. This podcast can be heard on. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. This is Toledo Athletes of the 70s and 80s Podcast. Family, welcome to the show. Rafael Clark, how are you, brother? Hey, man, I'm doing absolutely super. (laughs) Well, I have to say to you, family, uh, we've been down for a long time, brother. It's been Back in the 70s, you and I became friends, and I'm so happy you came by the show. It's a bucket list check for me. Hey, man, it's an honor and a pleasure, man. You know, I done heard a couple legends on here. Uh, the great uh, Daryl Gibson, Juicy, was on here. I checked him out. Yes. You know, people like Dennis Houston, a lot of a lot of neighborhood and high school and Ohio legends, man. So to yeah. be on here and be on the same uh, format that they have been is an absolute honor man i'm glad to be here man man it's good to see you brother it's good to see you are well and like we were talking about uh off mic it looked like you can still play (laughs) like i said man i'll give you about two good series man (laughs) two series i still see lester hayes i don't know about nobody else (laughs) hey man i'm I'm gonna get flagged though in in today's rules man you know uh because i'm trying to come in there uh face first you know exactly and as uh, you know so it would be hard today playing today man i was talking to uh dennis houston we had that same conversation that if we play in this day and age because we were taught to lead not with our heads down but with our foreheads to lead yeah, face, first. Yeah. face first yeah. and so yeah. we and we we annihilated a, a lot of folks that way but that would be well, you know that would be a flag in today's day well, Dennis was a, a live walking machine. You know what I mean, I mean, 
he was a live walking machine uh, from what I remember. He was like a real legend back then, you know, uh, a few years older than us. But, yeah. man, I remember uh, hearing stories about him. And uh, so, yeah, absolutely. yeah, definitely. And having one year of him being at school with us. Uh, so that was that was kind of cool, actually. But now we're talking to Matt Cumber's own Rafael Clark, who I yeah. have to say, brother, I have to I have to say this. I'm going to say this. If there was a definition of confidence, not arrogance, um, belief in one's ability and the attitude that I'm the best out here, you would be the definition of that. Brother, what you had was admirable and you had the wit to go with it because you talked with the best of them and you had the attitude that I'm going to win and nobody's going to beat me. Well, man, you know what? You know, it started way back. Uh, I was listening to, to Juicy uh, when you had Juice on, and it brought back memories to me, you know. Um, it, I started on Pinewood and Smeed, man. And uh, just my whole life, always feeling like I wanted to be the best, feeling like I was the best. Uh, I got humbled a little bit at Matt Kermit because I had to sit behind an all-state legend, uh, John Lawson, man. And, uh, yeah. I couldn't really get no minutes out there, you know what I mean? So, you know, but once my time came, you know, my senior year, I feel like uh, I feel like we were we were underdogs. So I feel like we was going to go out there and I, I had the attitude like nobody could beat me and, and, and my teammates. We were going to be, you know, we was going to win every game. So it just was, you know, that's just who I am. And I just feel like I'm the best. And if I ain't the best, you got to show me that I'm not. Exactly. Prove that. <laughs> exactly. About, Tell about. us about Pinewood, the area you grew up in, as far as your interest in football. And how how, how was that in the neighborhood as far as uh, how you looked at football, became interested in football and so on? Well, man, I, I was talking about this uh, a while ago. You know, we played on street teams. Exactly. And so – I was a little guy, man, a young, a young guy, I should say. And we played on street teams. It was the Pinewood All-Stars, as I remember. We played against teams like Avondale, uh, Indiana. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and so, you know, a lot of guys that I knew, uh, Preacher, which was Juicy's little brother, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Tony Frost, kid I grew up with, uh, uh, Darnell Funches. Um, great friend of mine, uh, a definite rival, Daryl Nash. He lived on Pinewood. So, exactly. you know, growing up, we had we were the little guys, but we believe it or not, we had kids that were only a few years older, maybe, you know, teenagers that were mentoring us. And I don't even think they realized they were mentoring us because they were our coaches. Exactly. So, you know, they would put together a team. We would practice uh, every Saturday and then we would they would line up with their buddies and pit us against each other. You know what I mean? So we would play against Avondale and we beat all of them, you know, in case Daryl Gibson and, and, and Preacher don't remember. We handled all of them. Yeah, you know I mean, uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was great, man. And that gave us that competitive nature. And, um, you know, you played every sport, man. You When you grew up in the neighborhood on Pinewood, we played against Woodland as well. We played every sport we played at City. Uh, I'm sorry, at Indiana Park. Right. So you played basketball. You know what I mean? Then you play football. And anytime there was a field available, it was a football game going. Exactly. Exactly. In a vacant lot, uh, the lot next to the playground and so on. So after coming through uh, Pinewood, then there was a point where 
you became um, a member of a sports team and actually played in the city league. And which, which team did you play with? Well, um, I would say fourth grade, third grade summer, I moved to Foster and I went to Lincoln. I played um, on the basketball team. I got, I ended up getting, uh, had to sit out on the basketball team because my behavior, (laughs) but I first really played organized football at the mighty Robinson Junior High School under okay. Clarence Price. You know, that, that was a factory. I mean, Clarence Price put out hundreds of kids that were just, uh, that will go on to do big things in, in football. And I was one of them. Um, I played on a nice, a uh, loaded team. Um, uh-huh. I was it. The funny story, I, I started guard because I, I thought I was the juice. You know, I, I, I remember I, I thought I was the juice, man, until I went out for the team and uh, I was a little chubby kid. And uh, he put me in guard, which broke my heart. The funny thing was the first game of the season, we played a Matt Cumber guy, but he was at Fulton, Kiwi. Yeah. And um, man, he lit. He, he, he ran through me and I was getting our quarterback killed. And uh, by the third quarter, uh, I got benched. For that game i got my, my my job back the next week but i couldn't do nothing with kiwi man on that live but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't do nothing with him man and uh you know um but you know we used to go to dennis and damon houston's house before the games really you know in the morning yeah on saturday morning we, we'd be in their basement and and they'd be pep talking to us and, and we'd come out marching down down the street and um I, as I recall, you played at Glenwood, looking yes, like the correct. Miami Dolphins. Yes, <laughs> we come, we we come marching down the street with our tent. Uh, Wildcats. Uh huh. <laughs> and you know, so where everybody, you know, our game was the, was a feature game, so everybody waiting on us. We coming down the street, and uh, you know, that's my first memory of organized football was under Clarence Price, man. Uh, probably one of the best coaches I played for that I can remember, definitely. Definitely, definitely. You know, we had a um. My seventh grade year, of course, uh, we were unscored on. My eighth grade year, we gave up one, one yeah. touchdown to Stewart, yeah. and uh, you know we, we we got scored on once, which was which Clarence lost it. Man, he went bananas on us. But um, of course, we was undefeated two years in a row. I think it was really more like four years because they didn't uh, Damon them team didn't give up none either. Before, you know when right. he was in the seventh grade, um, that team didn't give up none as well. So. But um, we ended up getting scored upon, and uh, then we met Pickett in the championship my eighth grade year, uh-huh. and that's when I first met Fred Hope. Um, uh, I was at defensive end at that point, um, and um, I met him around the corner, mm-hmm. and he tried to turn the corner, and um, I took him into the sidelines, and uh, that's when we first met. Uh, you know, uh-huh. I, I think we we met up a couple times um, around that corner. So yeah, uh, we 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 beat Pickett as well. So it was a fun time in the Mid-City, but that was the first experience I had with organized football. Um, I already knew I was going to love football anyway because, uh, yes. you know, just playing it as a kid. But, right. uh, yeah. And then from there, I took it to Matt Cumber. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, our coach, Bill Youngs, was also a teacher at Robinson. I don't know what happened, but um, I probably shedded a lot of the baby fat uh, over the two years at Robinson. And um, I went to Matt Cumber and uh, – they put me at strong safety. Yes. Well, they called it the, the monster position. Mm-hmm. And it started there. Yeah. I um remember us. I know you touched on it a little bit when you came to Foster, is which is where I grew up. And we used to play with these dolls. And they were OJ Simpson figures. 
Facts. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, 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 you made me remember that when you said, uh, I thought I was the juice. And I was like, yeah, you did. <laughs> but, oh, man. but later yeah. on, after coming to Macomber from Robinson, shout out Robinson Wildcats. Um, I was always then Golden Bear, another story. But anyway, coming to after we left third grade and all that, you went to Robinson, you came out of Robinson, and then you became a Mac Humber Mac man. And I remember you then becoming this defensive back. That was the reincarnation of Lester Hayes. Let me say it. And right. nobody, <laughs> I don't even know if anybody remembers this, but I do. Because for me, it was a, a sense of, this is my dude back in the day. We should say, this is my boy. He came from foster. I know, you know, I've been knowing this, this, this guy since we were like eight, nine years old and he, he's at Matt Humber now and them, the type of cats that I'm around. Look at, it. he got this swag. He's smart. He artistic, hell of an artist, by the way. And, Thanks, man. and he's got this thing that, that, that you can't teach. And so it was a sense of pride for me. Like, that's my dude, man. That's yeah. He came from my neighborhood. Well, it's crazy because, you know, when we were at Lincoln and everything and, you know, we went to Robinson, um, I lost you. It was like, I remember, yeah. you know, you was one of the, I think you, if you weren't the first person I met when I moved to Foster, you were the second because it was a kid named Aaron that lived yep. a couple houses down from me. And it would be us three every day. Every day. <laughs> uh, when, it, when it snowed, remember, we would go up and over the, the snow plows. We would think we were Walker Payton and try to jump over the snow plow. Exactly. And if I thought I was the juice, you thought you was somebody too, because you had the towels. You always looked at fresh to be a big kid. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? So you was trying to do the little dances as well. So uh, it's crazy. But when we went to Robinson, I looked for you and you was gone. You know, we yeah. had to show up for the summer practices. And you wasn't there, so that was kind of crazy. And um, I decided to go to Matt Kermer because, you know, we was loaded at Robson. I'm going to be honest with you. We had Carnell Smith, Arnold Brooks, Daryl Nash. We had a loaded team, Brett Hudson, that quarterback. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to see. I always challenged myself, was I good enough or was it these dudes? And so right. I wanted to play against them. I didn't want to play with them. I wanted to beat them. Mm -hmm. I seriously, I don't know where that came from. I said, I, I want to beat them. So when I went to Matt Kermer, uh I ain't never lost to Scott, no matter what level. Freshman, JV, varsity. Hey, um, facts. Never lost to him. Um, but I came in, you know, I was a big kid, TV guy. So Lester Hayes, Jack Tatum, they, they were my favorite players. Uh, and um, I just came in trying to be sweet, trying to, you know, <laughs> really, you know, and, and, you know, I was envious of you a little bit. You and Fred, man, y'all was playing varsity like our freshman year. Y'all was dressing and getting time. And yeah. our sophomore year, y'all was like, man, y'all was on the squad squad. Yeah. I was on the practice squad, you could say. And so, you know, I remember battling. Um, he probably don't remember because I was a speed bump probably. But uh, Damian Houston was at tight end. And I would be at the, the safety or whatever. And, you know, I would always – me challenging them in my mind, I'm going against, they wouldn't know it, but I would, right. you know, so, you know, that's where it came from. Just trying to, just trying to look, I, you know, Deion Sanders said it and I lived it back then and didn't even know it. He said, if you look good, you feel good. You feel good. You play good. You got that right, brother. And I just had to look good. That was a Toledo thing though. Cause I looked at your picture, man, on Facebook. 
You got the socks. You got the fresh, the fresh spot built cleats. You looking fresh, man. That's from the neighborhood, man. brother. That was no me doubt. and you in the fourth grade. That's all that was. No doubt. No doubt. So that's where it came from, man. Indeed. So you get over to Matt Cumber, um, and again, you touched on it. We had a we had a lovely run. It was Shoe Bowl eighty when we were in junior high. We came in as freshmen, went back to the Shoe right. Bowl. Right. We missed a year and then came back our junior year and went back to the city championship. So there was a there was a lot of talent over there. And so I hear people say, and I want to get your take on this. The guys over at Scott were loaded. They were actually ranked in the state the year our mm-hmm. senior year when we beat them. They had mm-hmm. the likes of Nash, Carnell, Brooks, Townsend. And mm-hmm. and I and I hear the folklore that people talk about about how great this team were was and they were, they were. That's we're not taking that away from them. But if they mm-hmm. were that athletically talented, what is it to say about the guys who beat them for nine, ten, eleven years in a row? In well, particular, you know, rough. In particular, our four years. So well, you they, know, we matched up against them, us, me and you. They. <laughs> Well, I can't speak for the other eight years, but the year we were there, um, it was a pride thing. We, I just, you know, the, I remember the senior year, the senior team telling us, don't get beat. You know, when they was leaving, hey, don't let Scott be. It's kind of like Michigan, Ohio State. The one thing you got to do, and, and, you know, my Scott friends give me hell all the time saying, you know, <laughs> that was our, our shoe. It was. The one thing you got to do is beat Scott. You know, you yes. cannot be the ones to lose to Scott. So um, they were extremely talented. Um, it was a lot of trash talking, but the cool thing about it, we played with these guys since kids, so we were not intimidated exactly. at all. We were not afraid of them at all. Um, I'll tell you something funny, man. Speaking about that time when we played in our senior year, that was my first time playing against my old buddies because I didn't, like I said, I didn't get no run till my senior year. Seeing Daryl Nash out there, man, I look like wow. <laughs> 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 like you've gotten big, you know. Right. Um, uh, and I mentioned him because we were we were really close. We lived on Pinewood, but he was like a monster. But there was no fear, you know. And right. um, so when we when we seen them, the folklore they were loaded. They were, uh, I think, number nine. I thought it was number seven, but I read it was number nine in the state. Yeah. And they deserved every bit of it. I mean, they the the thing that I worried about that before that game um, was two players, um, Abe and Adolph. Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to get my thing was I did not want to get embarrassed by a he was a scat bag, a little jitterbug. Yeah. And he had moves out of this world. And then Adolph Harrison, I just went into the game not liking him because he was getting so much press and he was right. just the man. So it wasn't nothing personal. I didn't even know him at the time. I just didn't like him. I I, I was I had a vendetta with him. And um, of course, in that game. I would actually take the vendetta out on him. But. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he finished yeah. the game anyway. No, he didn't finish. He retired early. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, it was, it was a great game beating them guys. Uh, you know, childhood friends. Uh, we're family. You know, um, right. if you went to Montcumber, then you had family at Scott. That's exactly. For sure. Exactly. You know, your mom probably didn't let you go to Scott or something like that. Right. But you had family at Scott. So, so getting up for them, and they got up for us. Don't get it twisted. They. Yeah wanted to beat us they had not beaten us in a decade exactly. they wanted to beat us it meant everything to them for them to beat us in football now basketball a different story but in football it meant everything for them to beat us exactly and um of course we didn't allow that 
exactly. my senior year. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you, Hank P, I was talking so much trash. Because <laughs> that's my thing. Anybody that, anybody that know me know I talk cash money. But the cool thing about it is I usually back it up, you know, not to be braggadocious. Facts. Okay, I'm bragging a little bit. Yeah, I back it up. I'm talking Facts. cash money. So all week, you know, I got female friends that Scott, we on the phone. They telling me what Daryl going to do, what Carnell's going to do. You know what I mean? What Townsend's going to do. And I'm telling them what Hank is going to Oh, man, I, we got a middle linebacker. What about Hank Perry? What about that? <laughs> oh, whatever, whatever. And then, you know, and of course, I'm letting them know what I'm going to do. Ooh, I'm I'm gonna break this person. I'm gonna break that person. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking junk. Uh, I'm telling them about Fred. And uh, luckily, we went in there and you know we backed it up. You know, I know we. I think we surprised our own coach. I really do. I think so too. I think so too. And and the the fitting thing about that, and and this is this will be um, the one thing that I remember is that uh, they were driving at the end of the game. They uh, court their quarterback dropped back through this bomb I tried to jump and tip the ball I wasn't deep enough he threw it to the end zone and I turn as I as I'm falling I'm turning to look and I look and I see you go up and I think it was Robert Moody who was well I know it was Robert Moody that was mm-hmm. actually made, the ball was being thrown to who was a heck of an athlete again mm-hmm. this this guy was an athlete and I saw you leap in the air and take the ball from the air. I don't care what the folklore, the folklore says <laughs> that Moody caught the ball and he fell and then you stripped the ball from him in the end zone. That's a bunch of BS for the family. Rafael Clark intercepted the ball. We win the game. We, we, as a matter of fact, I'm running to the end zone. I saw you catch the ball. I just throw my hands up in there and continue to run to the crowd like, now what? on that play it's crazy because you know we were in love with the cover three and you know i I was supposed to be in the flats actually or covering the tight end or some stuff like that but um big time players make big time plays in big time games so i i just had a feeling the way moody came out um the the huddle um he was at the he was at their left slot i believe and so um I just decided to not do my job and I just felt it. So I backpedaled and I got to give mad love because I could see the whole play mm-hmm. develop. Man, uh, my boy um, Boogaloo and Al Ward was giving whoever, Daryl, Arnold, whoever was on the line, giving them hell all game. And so they was closing down, bearing down on Matt. And Matt threw a pretty beautiful spiral. Yes. Yes. Oh, it was beautiful. And so everybody, my corners was locked up on their guys. And I just got on my horse and I seen it. And I seen Moody just 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 coming up the seam, coming straight up the hash mark. And I seen a picture of it and I I can't locate it. Uh, one of our teachers had it. And but mm-hmm. I jump in the air and I actually catch the ball and Moody catches me. He wraps his arms exactly. around Exactly. I land in his chest on the ground. And what I was trying, worried about, because believe it or not, I wanted to take it back a hundred. So I'm trying to get up and not drop the ball in his chest and also not put my knee on the ground. I'm trying to get up the end zone and I'm trying to take off, but my knee hit the ground and they stopped. And then of course, you know, 
I remember you um, looking at our fans. I'm looking at our fans throwing the fist. We throwing the fist. They going crazy. The macro yes. side going crazy. The whole Scott side is silent. They jaws drop. <laughs> I'm talking to a uh, girl. The greatest feeling, man, for a young kid to make a play like that. And I took that with me as I would continue my career playing in the Marine Corps and then going on to play, play in the uh, semi-pro feeder league, uh, Falcon yes. feeder league. So it was kind of cool to take that confidence when you make a play. But, you know, to be honest with you, you know it from playing at Lincoln Park. We made plays. Once you make a play on any level, and even if it's street ball, you feel like you can make it. And, and like I said, I just felt like I wouldn't let – I mean, I had Moody in my pocket all game. I flipped him earlier in the game on the sideline pattern. He jumped to the – it looked like he jumped out of the stadium. He was so high. And I caught him. And um, it. he said that he got up. But he ain't come back in for a long time. <laughs> so, I had a game, man. I, I'm gonna keep it real. I had a game. I caught him. Uh, and, and you remember this play? Um, my cousin Teron Gillespie. Shout out to Buff Love. Um, you got caught up in a grind. They, I don't know what the hell you. You got caught up in the grind. And I was mad at you after this play. I was uh-huh. in with you uh-huh. because it was a hole big enough for a truck. And here comes Darnell Funches. Oh, Robert Funches. Robert, I'm being, I'm yeah. sorry, Robert Funches. My yeah. bad, my bad, my bad. Shout out to my man, Robert Funches. But here come Funches. And if anybody remembers um, Funches at that time, he had huge thighs. He yes. looked like Earl Campbell. He had huge thighs. And uh, he was coming full steam, and it was me. And again, you know, where we from, if you don't make the play, you're getting talked about forever. You got that and right. so he came full steam, my kid came full steam. It's maybe third and three, third and whatever. Turn, I mean, fourth. I'm sorry, it's fourth down. I, man, turnover <laughs> on downs. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Turnover on downs. Big collision. He goes backwards. It was almost like uh, the uh, Christian Okoye hit. Yes. With Dennis Smith. I, I remember. He goes backwards. And, uh, you know, so it was one of them type of games. I, I just was playing out of my mind that day. Um, and we was fortunate enough to take the victory from him in yeah. their home spot, on their home, on their homecoming. Right next to Mason. Yeah, I mean, why, why, would, why would they even schedule us for the homecoming? That was totally di- – we wouldn't even feel disrespected off the bat anyway because why would y'all even schedule the Mighty Mac men for your homecoming? You know what I mean? Why would you even do that? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Sir. The nerve Indeed. to schedule us, man. What's wrong with you? So we had a great run at Mac Cover, man. But tell, tell the family after high school then uh, what – does Rafael Clark do at that point? Well, um, unfortunately, I, I was a statistic. I, I was a high school father. And so um, I didn't know I decided, that. Brother. Yeah, I had a, um, a, a little girl my, my senior year. And um, um, I decided to go ahead and be a man about it. So I joined the United States Marine Corps. Awesome. And um, I went and joined them and I played football all four years. And I was just talking to a friend about it. Um, I went to the championship every year in the Marine Corps. And unfortunately, like the Buffalo Bills, I lost the championship <laughs> every year in the Marine Corps. I lost four straight years in the championship. And here's what is even crazier. I played four years after that um, semi-pro. And we went to the, the, I was blessed again to be on a good team, went to the championship all four years. I am a eight straight championship defeat, man. I lost the championship <laughs> eight straight years. 
I was playing in somebody's championship. I feel like LeBron James almost. So yeah, um, right after that, I went to the Marines and then um, became, you know, play, play Marine Corps football. I got out of the Marine Corps and was blessed to become a firefighter. Nice. Uh, I was a firefighter in Maryland. And then uh, um, I ended up uh, leaving that career and moving to Atlanta. Got involved with their semi-pro football league. Uh, well, actually, I played flag at first. And okay. I believe it, all this football, and I tore my ACL playing flag. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Set out two years. Yeah, I was able to play full contact again, 11-man full contact football for this league. And um, went on to uh, went on to become a nurse. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. family, our uh, family members give back to our country. Uh, and once again, we have a United States Marine Corps veteran here on the show and um he's also given back in the healthcare field and uh that's very appreciated brother and we appreciate you for that thank you i appreciate it thank you yes sir so can we find you on social media do you have a social media presence well yeah um i'm doing a lot of things now actually um we'll be launching a clothing line hopefully uh and also we'll be um getting ready to uh release a book nice a novel yeah so okay. we'll be getting ready to do that soon okay well keep keep the family posted on that because you know i will absolutely direct the family members to uh your book to your clothing line and it will be a great uh it would be great to actually um be a part of your launch so um, on Facebook, I guess on Facebook at Raphael Clark, uh, my website is one Rudaguff, R-A-D-A-G-U-F-F dot com, one Rudaguff.com. Okay. That's what we got on the burner right now, trying to uh, uh, expand our talents and uh, use some of this creativity as well. Exactly, exactly. And I remember that you were one hell of an artist. I, you did something for me my senior year. You made this uh, football mural and you drew a picture of actually me in my uniform on this piece of uh, what we would consider poster <laughs> board at the time. And I held on to that. Unfortunately, I lost that in a fire at my mom's house, but I held on to that, to that for years, man. And, wow. and I remember you just being so talented in, um, in an artistic form with your artistic expression, which then rolled over to how you looked in your uniform as well, <laughs> and, and so on. So I just want the family to get a feel for not only was he an athlete, not only, uh, but he also was very artistically talented. He could draw with the best of them and, and create uh, artistic environments as well, as well as being a veteran, and just an all-around great friend. I have to put that first and foremost because, I mean, without you on Foster, man, I mean, we was together just about every day. <laughs> every day. Every, every Spring, day. rain, snow. We, and it was uh, <clears throat> that, that same um, connection, that, that football connect, that, that athletic connection, actually, right. it was football, basketball, whatever. Um, as far as drawing, it's just a God-given gift I've been blessed with. Uh, I remember the competitive nature went so bad. But it was our junior year um, when we were playing Scott. Um, and uh, when, actually when we went to, I think it was our junior year, 
when we're playing them, I drew a banner. And I wanted my banners yes. to look, make sure they look better than their banners because, you know, um, <laughs> the great Ernie Jones was, uh, you know, the art, their, their art club did all their banners and everything. And they were fresh. I thought they were really fresh. I definitely was had him in mind when I was drawing for the Mac cover Mac me and I wanted mine to look better than the Exactly. <laughs> so I, I, competed with, I competed with those guys again in everything, in every facet, you know. Exactly. So, but yeah, I mean, meeting you on Foster, man. Like I said, you were one of the first kids and, you know, you made it a blast coming there because a new kid coming to a new area, you know, it's a little apprehensive. But oh, yeah. It's like we just first day you pulled a football out and it was on. <laughs> it was on. <laughs> That's all we needed to see. That's awesome. Know? Well, family, we want to thank Raphael Clark for coming by. Sir, it's been a pleasure. Um, you will always be my friend. You are no doubt. You'll always be a special guy to me. And uh, I just want the family to know that. And it's, it's, been, it's been an honor to be your friend for, for this l- amount of time. And we can still have a conversation and talk and laugh and, and, and send a text or two. So we want to thank you for coming by the show, brother. Man, I appreciate you for having me. It's been an honor, man. You know you my boy forever, man, since fourth grade. And it's always a pleasure talking as long as we can talk about beating them bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> family. No Mac Humber Mac Man legend. Like the Raphael Clark. Thank you, man. Thank you, brother. I'll catch you next time. Yes, yes sir. sir. This podcast is about the athletes of the 70s and 80s, where we discuss athletics from the city of Toledo, Ohio. Check us out on Facebook. Athletes of the 70s and 80s.